one. Yep, we're good. We're safe. It didn't seem especially close. I think we're synced. He says we're good. He says we're synced. We're in sync. <laughs> Thanks, Jack. Producer Jack is out. Jack is out. But we are in. Welcome to episode 23 of the Managing Expectations podcast, a production of the Pacific Century Media Company. I'm your host, Jeff Winger. With me, as always, is my aide-de-camp, Brian Grimm. Howdy, Brian. Good afternoon, Jeff. And we're happy to have back with us the Segundo, Jared Reiser. Howdy, Jared. Howdy, how are you? Just doing great. We've been, uh, we are uh, synced <laughs> and ready for episode 23. And um, thanks for making time for us, uh, fellas. Thanks for making time for uh, this. And um, uh, how's your week been? Busy. It's been a week, but. Uh... You know what? It's good to be back with friends and be able to talk about some diversions from everything that's going on in the world today. So, okay, yeah, that's what we want to hear. Uh, you know, if forty percent of the American public isn't working, uh, you wouldn't know it from around here. Um, uh, things are busy. Yeah, you go you go anywhere. There's just a, there's just a ton of people out and about and buying and, and selling things um <clears throat> buying and selling men marrying <laughs> women being given in marriage so um uh you know what uh friends friends of ours uh a retired fireman is gonna go up and visit uh in colorado for a couple of weeks he says that the state of Colorado has fewer COVID um, cases, positive COVID cases than Fort Worth does. Have you seen that? Yeah, I know that our positive uh, COVID cases have been, you know, relatively low um, compared to the rest of the country. And I think that that's kind of spurred uh, some of the relaxing of some of the guidelines. But then we had kind of a spike there, much like the rest of the country did uh, two or three weeks ago. Um, and so some of those uh, limitations were put back in place. But um, but we pride ourselves on having a, a low count here in Colorado. I think that that has a lot to do with the people who live here. We're doing a good job. And, uh, you know, I think the 300 days of sunshine really aids to that. Um, yeah. Okay. So. Let's uh, let's put a pin in the uh, Chamber of Commerce <laughs> boilerplate. Um, actually, uh, uh, one, one of the reasons I had to leave Colorado is because it was the uh, uh, Colorado is kind of consistently one of the most fit uh, states in the union. So they they gave me a box of donuts and asked me to leave. <laughs> Hey, pal, you're bringing and, down the average. <laughs> and, they, and they had me at Box of Donuts. Um, but we're going to need you to go to Portland. Not going to happen. <laughs> no. And I, I don't want to joke about Portland. I got friends there now. Yeah. 
Um, it's a mess. Yeah, it's a mess. Um, so what, what was the other thing about Colorado? Um, it is outdoorsy. Um, a lot, yeah, a lot of people do stuff outdoors. So part of the, the governor's, um, declaration in the last two weeks is uh, safer at home guidelines or in the great outdoors uh, is kind of the tagline that they're using. So if, if you don't, if you're not staying at home, go out and enjoy some outdoor activity, just try to keep some distance. And in my experience, just, you know, the, the drive back and forth to home when I'm out and about, there's a, a reservoir that's close by and there, it's, there's a, just a ton of people on boats, on paddle boards. Uh, a lot of people are out enjoying the summertime and being out in in, uh, in nature. So people are enjoying it. I can't wait to move there. <laughs> <laughs> Leave this. Are you, are you talking about Chatfield <laughs> Reservoir? I am talking about Chatfield. Chatfield Reservoir. I, I spent a lot of I, I spent a lot of time there as a young man. I can't believe that I used to live uh, within walking distance of there. I mean, not, not that I enjoyed walking there, but I mean, then we rode our bikes and then just as soon as we possibly could, we drove, but, but, um, it wasn't far. Um, yes, I've been drunk on the beach there. <laughs> You're probably the only person. <laughs> drunk on life. <laughs> what? <laughs> I was trying to save you there, Jeff, just in case, you know, depending on who our listeners are. <laughs> well, you, you were know, drunk on life. I, 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 you know, I, I did what I did before love came to town. <laughs> um, so, uh, I don't, Jared, did you want to talk about Hawaii? I didn't understand your text. You, you said uh, you look forward to me joining, and you said aloha. So I was like, "Is there so, is, are you going to be talking about Hawaii or something? And then he, and then he texts me saying, yeah, uh, Magnum P.I., Pearl Harbor. And I'm just like, all right, I guess it's uh, – I couldn't find any flower shirts. I was going to come prepared. But, <laughs> yeah, most, you said most – of, Most of the workforce is – it's casual Friday, and so a lot of them will wear a, a Hawaiian shirt, but – I see no need for us to do that here. <laughs> well, I so guess I can stand the, up. So that was just a joke I, then. I, I could show you my grass skirt. Well, aloha is an awesome word. Similar to shalom, it means hello and goodbye. It's just lazy to me. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard they take it a little I'm slower. I'm tired of saying hello and goodbye. Can we just come up with a word that means both? <laughs> it's just so hard. <laughs> yeah, the, the Hawaiian thesaurus is only like 15 pages long. <laughs> so um, I loved, I, I, I still love the original Hawaii Five-0. I think it's really cool. Um, and uh, I thought Jack Lord as McGarrett was great. I like uh, um, uh, you know 
I mean, okay, so um, uh, there was a TV show in the 90s called um, Northern Exposure. And one of the things that they did was they would, like, have these old Native Americans on and they would talk about, and, they, you know, they're, they're supposed to be living in Alaska, but then a young Native American was a filmmaker and he would um, interview some of the, you know, he'd talk to some of the other guys and like they had been in California in the in the mid twentieth century, playing extras in cowboy and Indian movies, and uh, they would like just tell these story stories about you know John Wayne, <laughs> Ward Bond, and things like that. And I just know that if you go to Hawaii, there's probably like all these old islanders who like could tell you stories like, oh yeah. Uh, Jack Lord, he was the nicest guy. He wasn't a great tipper, but he was very, very dignified. You know, just what, whatever. I mean, tell you these stories. Um, and um, uh, I don't know. You, you, Jared, um, and I know a guy who who actually just recently died. Um, uh, who had been who who did. I think he had two tours in Vietnam as a helicopter pilot. And those guys, I think, had, I think that particular job, that particular job had a survival rate of like six weeks. And I'm not kidding. Yeah. So he got away with it twice and was going to go for a third uh, tour yeah. when his and his wife put her foot down, <laughs> said, you know, if you do that and you live, you, you're not coming home to the family. So anyway, he would watch he would watch Hawaii Five O the the original. This is like before the reboot, okay? And it was like watching it with like the uh, like the the special features with like the the, the director's <laughs> yeah, commentary. commentary. <laughs> yeah, he's like. Watch it right here. You can see that McGarrett's wearing knee pads under his suit. So when he has to dive, which he'll do in a second here, he he, he won't hurt his knees. And then like he was right. It was unbelievable. It's like, who watches Hawaii Five O that close? Was it like super obvious? Like his pants, like his knees looked like a lot wider than his thighs. I never and- would have caught it. I mean, if you're looking for it, you totally see it. But I mean, you otherwise wouldn't have. No. How That's many crazy. seasons was was the original Hawaii Five O on? Uh, ten or eleven. Wow. And yeah, but it started jumping the shark like um, long long before there. I mean, it it really got crazy at the end. But you know, ten eleven seasons though. I mean, that's that's pretty remarkable. Yeah, I think it, I think it ran from sixty nine to eighty. Ten wow. seasons. Yep. You were right, sir. Fact checker. Nice work, Jared. <laughs> See, I, I was wondering whether or not you had high-speed internet based on how long it took you to download the recording <laughs> software. But how quickly you pulled up that info from IMDb, I think you probably do have high-speed internet. <laughs> I actually was playing a video game while I was doing that. <laughs> My level 20 wizard was taking on a... No. <laughs> Um, is is, um, is is the is the reboot still on of Hawaii Five O? I don't think so. No, 
it's a, the so the yeah the reboot ended April. It says the final episode was episode date was April third, two thousand twenty, and that one as well lasted ten years. That's crazy, right? Yeah, but you know what? That was just like CSI Honolulu. Hey, Jeff. CSI, C- CS Island. I'm sorry, I was wrong. The original Hawaii Five-0 was 12 seasons. I was looking at the wrong one. The But the reboot lasted 10. So you got 22 seasons of Hawaii Five-0. No, no. I, no, because here's the thing. <laughs> Okay, so so one of the really cool things about Hawaii is is that it, it it really only got built up after the war. So I mean, the Americans had the base there, obviously uh, Pearl Harbor, and they had a uh, it was the uh, it it was the place where the Americans uh, projected the furthest into uh, the Pacific. They also, the Americans also had uh, a lot of troops in the Philippines uh, because they were allies. The Americans, after 50 years of, well, let's see, was it still, it was like a protectorate or it was some sort of territory. I think the Philippines was to the Americans what Puerto Rico still is to the Americans, um, not not a state, but not its own country either. But then I think after World War II, there, there were different factors, including the Americans realized that they weren't really into being a colonial imperialist empire. So uh, they let the Philippines become its own country. I, I mean, that's shorthand, but that's generous. Well, they were going to have to, it was going to be a thing. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it was negotiated. I mean, right. the Filipinos always loved, well, not always, but mostly loved the Americans. I mean, I know when I was there, they just, they thought it was great. I mean, you know, I'm just like some, you know, failure from Denver and you know you'd have thought I was an astronaut I mean people were like wanted to you know have us over for dinner and you know I mean we were there with Mrs. Winger and um, uh, a friend of the family a teenage blonde came along that might have been part of the draw as well if I'm being perfectly honest Um, because because you know she, you know, she was exotic by Asian standards. In fact, when we went to, we went to Shenzhen, which is across the border from Hong Kong on mainland China. I well, sad to say, it's all it's all mainly it's all China now. But uh, so when we were visiting in Hong Kong, we went over to Shenzhen, and I mean there were people coming up and wanting to get their picture taken with our young friend just like she was Elvis or something. And um, Mrs. Winger was annoyed by that. Like, what am I, chopped liver? Well, no, but you're not, no, but you're not a teenage girl with like hair down to your, you know, the small of your back either, you know, so that was kind of a thing. So anyway, the, so the, the 
Filipinos uh, got their country back after World War II, and it was it was pretty beat up. But the so but the Americans stayed. You know, they had Subic Bay, they had Clark Air Force Base, and um, so there's a huge presence there. But um, uh, Hawaii became a state in like I'm thinking like the late forties. Uh, Hawaii and Alaska became states at the same time, and um, um, they. Well, it might even have been like nineteen six, late fifties, early sixties. Could have been that late. Anyway, um, every once in a while, you got to add a state or two just to keep the flag makers happy. Um, the, 59. Um, 59. 59. Yep. Yeah. Which, if we let Jared keep going, is going to be how many seasons the original Hawaii Five-0 had. <laughs> but anyway, okay. So, so it was after the war that every that, that Hawaii started getting built up, and so there's a ton of really awesome mid-century architecture, and a lot of that comes through with. Um, um, <clears throat> In, in the original television show, you'll see, uh, you know, uh, McGarrett will walk from the from the governor's office across to the, you know, the five O building, and he'll do so across this magnificent concrete and mo tile mosaic plaza, and there's like hibiscus and I don't even know what other tropical plants all over the place is, you know, it's just, it was gorgeous. It was gorgeous. And you remember, you remember in Mad Men when, when Don Draper comes back from California and he says it's, it's clean and new and he's, and he just was struck by the contrast between, um, uh, California and New York. Yeah. And I, I, I think you could say the same thing for Hawaii at the time. Have, have either of you ever been to Hawaii? Yes. Went there, went there, uh, I've been there twice, went there for my honeymoon and then five year anniversary. What? So we went to Kauai for our honeymoon and then Maui, uh, on our five year. Jeff? On my way, on, on one of my trips to the Philippines, we stopped and got gas there. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds, sounds exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Did you take pictures? <laughs> what, what do you pay for unleaded in Hawaii, by the way? <laughs> oh, you know what's funny? It's, oh, it's crazy. Yeah. It's like, yeah. what is like? Well, I, when we were there, so 18, we've been married about 18 years now. And I thought it was, this was a huge deal then. I remember the gas being. It was, it's really not that high compared to what it is now, but it was like uh two something like maybe like two sixty nine a gallon. And I couldn't believe how exp I, I thought that was like super expensive because 18 years ago we were still getting gas for a dollar or less here in, here in Texas. But I I've got like video. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> well, okay. Texas. Brian's hostel. <laughs> Anytime Texas beats Colorado. I can still remember my dad. Jared, Jared, I found a gas station, 79 cents a gallon, right off of Alta Mesa and I-35. I was like, 
dad, I'm only 14. <laughs> my dad was the type of guy who would drive 50 miles out of the way to save, you know, two cents on gas. <laughs> but anyways, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, as we speak, I think it's like 635 in California. So, I, you know, I, I, I yeah. That story doesn't date that well because 235 seems like a bargain. Not here in Texas where it's, it's, it's pretty, yeah, it's like, it's 187. And I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> Sounds rough. It could all be yours, Brian. It's within your grasp. I know. And, and not for nothing, I think we probably have like 300 days of sunshine a year, don't we? Yeah, we get a. I mean, we get a lot of sunshine, but I just I I like to view it from inside my home here in in Colorado. I like to actually be outside. It's the, the the temperatures are normal there. You know, when when the sun goes down, it actually gets cooler. <laughs> we we wake up in the morning at ninety degrees, and <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to going for a walk tonight with my family. Uh, what what's the temperature right now, <laughs> Brian? Is it even? Is it? Is it in the eighties? Oh, oh yeah. So it, well, it's it's eighty four. Eighty four. But it'll. But by the by the time the sun goes down, what, doesn't it drop to easily drop to sixty and low and lower by the as it gets darker? Yeah. No, so, it's not going to yeah, be so, sixty. So the low, the low, which will be at like three, four, four a.m. tomorrow morning, will be sixty three. Isn't that beautiful? It's a little chilly. That's a little chilly. Chilly? It's 66 in my house right now. Are you kidding me, Rockefeller? You know what I have my air conditioning set at? Do you even have it on? I remember yes, when you because my because your my home. wife is weak. Is she, my wife is weak, so we have to have the air conditioning. My air on. conditioning, do you mean fan? Ceiling fan? The air conditioning is set at 83. That is Ridiculous. What is wrong with you? What is wrong with you and your wife? Get Julene uh, to the camera right now. Well, somebody's got to work for the Yankee dollar. And that's Mrs. 83? Speak, speaking of Mrs. Winger, I, we, uh, I'm looking forward to getting my Mrs. Winger makes masks. Oh, uh, because, because you went to Mrs. Winger's masks dot square dot site which will be in the show notes <laughs> that's cool i check i did check out the web website that's nice nicely done i you know i almost i almost think she's got too many too many type no you don't think so no, no. people like choices yeah yeah people like choices they like variety is that why we're all sitting here in blue shirts? <laughs> I I could take my shirt off if you if you want. <laughs> I like that much variety. <laughs> hey, Matthew McConaughey, take it easy. You'd never be able to get your shirt over your headset. <laughs> you look like Brent Musburger <laughs> at Lambeau Field in 1978. <laughs> <laughs> that was before I was born. Whoa. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Whoa, Nelly. <laughs> I, I have no historical reference at, at anything. You were speaking of this World War II. What was that? 
There was a second war? <laughs> Jeff was talking about your friend who was a helicopter pilot. I mean, did, did he give that to you? Yes. <laughs> yes. That, that to you? you can still smell the, the fire. <laughs> the, the rounds of ammunition. <laughs> can you hear anything through those earpieces other than Ride of the Valkyrie? Hey, Jeff, if you want, I could take it off and we can go back to the, the terrible. <laughs> okay. All right. No, no, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, I just want to like draw a line in the sand. Keep your shirt on. Keep the headset on. It's all fine. Just keep, just keep it all on. Man, if I had a dollar for every time I heard that. <laughs> Can't make anybody happy. Uh so um uh so Hawaii uh my old man always uh repeated this. I'm sure he didn't make it up, but he heard it and it's worth repeating. So so it was um uh let's, how, how should we put this? Uh Europe European uh uh peoples uh uh got interested in Hawaii because it had um it was it, it had like sugar plantations and uh, uh pineapple plantations and and the like and um and then it was said that the scottish missionaries went to hawaii to do good and they did very well uh so they ended up owning land and making you know, oodles of money. And, um, I think that probably, I mean, wasn't, isn't Dole a huge landowner in, in Hawaii. And, um, my sister and I, you always used to sing this song. There was a jingle, there was a commercial in the early eighties, CNH, pure cane sugar from Hawaii, sweet Hawaii growing in the sun. When you cook or when you bake, it's CNH, pure cane sugar, CNH. Anybody heard this? No? Nope. It, it's like I, you I, have now. Um, I, I shared with the kids the old Sugar Beet song from the electric company. Uh, How's that go? The, the, what's that? How's that go? Uh, there's only Toss like us a verse, words. Brian. <laughs> and it says, beat, <laughs> uh, beat, sugar beet, beat, sugar beet. And it shows like sugar beets being uh, processed and manufactured and they make sugar out of it. And at the very end, there's this old, goofy sugar beet factory worker. And he sticks his finger into a thing of processed sugar. And he's like, sugar. <laughs> Look it up. It's on YouTube. It's great. <laughs> the, the electric company was kind of meta for its time. Mm -hmm. You know, Morgan Freeman was on there. I mean, that's mm -hmm. like his first big paying gig, right? Yeah, that's that's why I kept going back because he had a such a great voice. Really? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. When I when I had heard that he was on the electric company as an adult, I went back and I looked. I was like, oh yeah, I recognize him. Uh. See, I was more impressed with uh, Rita Moreno, who is also on the electric company. Or am I confusing it with Zoom? No, I think I think I think it was the electric company. 
And then the electric company also had Spidey, right? They yeah. had Spider-Man, but a, a they, really innocuous version. Yeah, it was just like real sh- uh, uh, shorts. Um, you know, it was maybe like two minutes long or something like that. What What was the name of the guy you just said, Jeff? That you thought was on there? That you thought was on? Rita Moreno? I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing him. R-I-T-I. R-I-T-A. Rita Marino. Is that what you said? Rita Marino? Yes. Yeah. She played Carmelia. Moreno. Bill Cosby was on it too? I guess I didn't. As opposed to Dan Marino. (laughs) Mel Brooks. Um, Though, interestingly, Rita Marino and Dan Marino uh, both have the same number of Super Bowl wins. Ouch. Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> I thought Dan Marino was just an actor on Ace Ventura. I didn't even realize he was a football player. Oh, you know what I've been meaning to look at? Was, who was from, was, was Joe Montana from Altoona, Pennsylvania? Or was Joe Namath? Somebody was from Altoona. Um. Maybe Stan Musial, but also I think um, 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 Joe Montana was from New Eagle, Pennsylvania, which I don't know where that is in relation to Altoona. I think I think all, it's all of like these a suburb, or well, I think all these places are like seventy-five miles from Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, twenty-five miles from. Pittsburgh. There you go. Okay, we got anything on Altoona yet? Yeah, I stopped searching. I got bored. Oh, for heaven's sake. I got bored. Well, so, <laughs> so, so that time, so that time that Mrs. Winger uh, sat next to Joe Montana in first class on a. F- you guys remember that story, Mm-mm. right? I don't. Okay. Brian, you remember the story. I've never heard the story. I didn't know this. Yeah. Oh, come on. Proceed. Uh -uh. So we're flying from DFW to... um... You sure it wasn't Joe Montaigne? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. Go ahead. (laughs) I think it was Ed Marinero. (laughs) No, wait. I think we had marinara sauce. That's it. So, so anyway, um, yeah, we're flying, we're flying to Nashville. All right. And, um, uh, I had wrangled first class seats, but we weren't going to be able to sit together. So, um, we, we, um, okay. So, uh, Montana was like in the flight, you know, in the waiting area and he's on his cell phone and like people were coming up trying to talk to him when I was, when he was on his cell phone and he was obviously, you know, a little put out by that. But anyway, um, there were, uh, Mrs. Winger and I, um, were in the same row, but on different sides of the aisle. So I could have snagged the one and sat next to, Joe Montana, which would have been epic, right? I mean, but then I started thinking, Joe Montana has spent his entire life 
surrounded by big, ugly mooks like me. So, you know, what I, my <laughs> gift to Joe was the pleasant company of, of Mrs. Winger. So, uh, so Mrs. Winger's sitting next to Joe Montana and I'm sitting across the aisle, you know, like listening and stuff. Passing, passing her notes saying, Hey, ask Joe Montana this. Hey, ask. Actually, actually, no, because while, okay, so Montana was on the far window, I was on the opposite window, Julene, Mrs. Winger was uh, in the aisle, and then there was like some woman next to me. So I I had to feign interest in anything this woman had to say, but I was totally trying to pay attention. So, so um, uh, they're sitting there, and like everybody who comes on, okay, so... You know, we're in first class, so we get to go on early or, or first. And then everybody comes through and there's like, you know, there's like the over 85 volleyball team, you know, so they like just these old ladies who play volleyball and like, you know, they stop and they're like, oh, Joe, you'd be so proud of us. Because we just won our 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 uh, round in the in the playoffs, and and you know, and he was awesome. He was like so like, oh, that's great, you know. And he was just a, a, a positive guy. And uh, everybody goes by, and some people, you know, and some some people stop and talk to him, like you know, whatever they know him and stuff. Finally, everybody's gone by, and Mrs. Winger says, "Does that ever get old?" And he says, you know what? Uh, it's part of the deal. Uh, it's provided. It's part of what has provided a, a very good living for me. He says, I don't like it when I'm with my family, like when I'm having dinner with my family. I, you know, I view that as an intrusion, but no, for the most part, it's just part of the deal. So it turns out he was on his way up to Nashville because he owns horses and that's horse country, right? So the lady comes through and says, um, uh, can I bring you something to drink? And Mrs. Winger starts to panic because now it's not just like, what are you going to drink on the plane? It's what are you going to drink on the plane in front of Joe Montana? <laughs> So she, so she like is like, you know, ruffling through the Rolodex of beverages in her mind and says, I guess I'll have a tomato juice. And, uh, the lady, there, <laughs> the flight attendant <laughs> looks at Joe Montana and he says, eh, that sounds good. I'll have, a, I'll have a tomato juice too. And this is where he's like, score. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I mean, I'm trying to think. She she actually tells the story better, but she would almost have to, wouldn't she? So, uh, you know, I think they talked about horses. They talked about his kids. They just, you know, had a, you know, it's not a long flight. It's probably an hour and a half flight. Um, they, um, you know, and that was that. And I was really psyched. That was my... That was my gift to Joe Montana for being the greatest quarterback I've ever seen. That's cool. 
I can't believe I've never heard that before. I, and I grew up, I grew up in Denver, and it was a, it was a privilege to watch John Elway play. But, but Brian, you were a young man, but that fifty-five to ten beatdown was that. I mean, that wasn't a fluke. No, no. Joe Montana was a pretty good quarterback. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> on a pretty, on a pretty good team. <laughs> with, with I, you know, pretty, I'm surprised with, with, with a couple of pretty good coaches that they were able just to plug in there. Yeah, uh, I'm surprised that 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 particular team isn't referred to more frequently when when conversation shifts to like the greatest of all time. I mean, I mean, for one, okay. If, I mean, if you had if you had to if you had to field a team. Uh, to play for your life, one game, one time. I mean, I, I think I'd go with the 89 49ers over the 85 Bears, over these Patriot teams. Um, I don't know. Um, I'd, I'd probably have to go for, you know, any one of the Patriot teams that either won the Super Bowl or or got there and lost by, you know, by a pretty close game. Um, and that just that that could just be because of recent memory. Um, but Tom Brady and Bill Belichick are stone cold killers. You know, um, our old friend Joe Saya used to say that the that the 49ers were a money team. That if you put the money on the table, they would do what they had to do to beat you. Yeah. And and um, it it's it's become you know the expression these days. Uh, it's become more um, in vogue to, to to say somebody's a killer or they're gangster, but mm -hmm. uh, it's the same thing. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, they, they were unbelievable. So anyway, we get to Tennessee, I say, and I say, my wife sat in first class next to the greatest quarterback of all time, and this this big dummy goes, she sat next to she she no. sat next to Dan Marino. No. She sat next to Dan Marino. <laughs> did she slap him? Uh, I don't. I, I don't think Jolene. Or did Jolene say who is Dan Marino? That would have been great. So who's that? <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know. I remember, I remember before that Super Bowl, and by the way, and and um, that I, I don't even know what Super Bowl it was, but that that was, um, it was, it was in, it would have been in like January of 1990. Um, I still remember uh, a handful of us went over to Steve Hogan's house. Steve Hogan was from the Bay, North, Northern California. So there's an old friend from the Denver area. And um, um, what was the deal? I remember, I mean, it was just a blowout because Denver had no solution. They, they had no defense. And and there was, a, there was a Sports Illustrated, Wade Wilson, or not Wade Wilson, Wade Phillips was the defensive coordinator for the Broncos. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, didn't he just die? No, no. Oh, he's still alive? Is he coaching somewhere? Yeah, I think he's with the Texans. Honest mistake. Anyway. He's like 90, um, right? No. 
No, it's like no, 75. No. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> so, so anyway, but he was he was the defensive coordinator, and there was a Sports Illustrated article before that Super Bowl, and they were looking at films, and Montana asked, is that it? Is that, I mean, is there more? Like asking about their defensive schemes, and he's like, they were like, nope, that's what they have. Okay. Um, and I think that that same article, compared, it was called The Puncher and the Fighter. And saying that um, essentially Elway could do certain things remarkably well, but Joe Montana could do, I mean, was just, was just very skillful, very adept. Yeah. Uh, one last story from that horrible game. And I mean, it would have been a bad game even if I wasn't rooting for the Broncos. Um, John Madden called that game with you, your favorite, Pat Summerall. And um, <laughs> oh, it's like I remember it, you like, guys talking. I'm sorry. After you're done, I got to tell you a story about Pat Summerall. You got a Pat Summerall story. Oh yeah. Well, let me let me just get through th- through this. So so you know they're 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 trying to hang on to viewers because there's no i mean because outside of two cities in the country there's no reason to hang around i mean i mean it wasn't it wasn't close from the end of the first quarter no you know so madden says now now madden was always a raider and i don't think he ever gave elway or the broncos the respect that they deserve but he says well you could say that they haven't quit, but they don't let you quit. <laughs> you, you gotta, you gotta keep playing until it's over. <laughs> All right, Jared, what's your uh, Pat Summerall story? So I have met Pat Summerall and his wife because I've done trim work. I did trim work in their home back when he was still alive. Uh, James Colley actually trimmed his did all the interior trim in his house. But I you because because you are a, a carpenter, a finished carpenter of some of some note and <laughs> and so and uh, yeah, and so, so this yeah, was when this was uh back when I still worked for ICT, which was the name of his company at the time and I was I want to say I was still a teenager. I don't think I was 20 yet. I think I was like 18, 19 and I had to go in and install a sliding ladder in his wife's closet because her closet was like 20 feet, 20 feet up. She had rows and rows of clothes all the way to the ceiling and clothes that still had tons of clothes that still had price tags on them. Like she hadn't even worn them yet. And yeah, I, I did look at some of the price tags. <laughs> but that was pretty cool though. That was, that was, <laughs> that was, uh, did you- did you try any of them on? <laughs> I'm trimming. I'm trimming a closet wearing Pat Summerall's wives. <laughs> but yeah, I installed a <laughs> I installed a, a sliding ladder. She needed a sliding ladder because it was it was re- it was difficult for her to get up to the top. <laughs> Row of her clothes. Mr. Summerall, what are you doing here? <laughs> the guy had a golf course. His backyard was a golf course. It was an unbelievable piece of property. 
yeah, real cool home. He he was, I mean, I don't, I know he didn't care who we were. He was okay, I guess. But did you meet him? But you met uh-huh. him. Was he gracious? Yeah, he was nice. Okay, he was all right. Yeah, his wife was nicer. Sure. Well, she's probably used to dealing with the help. But I think she could he- hear and see us better than him because she was like thirty years younger than him. I think. <laughs> She was quite a bit younger than him. <laughs> yeah. That used to be funnier than it is now. <laughs> I don't want to trigger anyone. Um, Willie Brown, who was the mayor of San Francisco, and then also the... Uh, he was in the California state legislature. He used to have a rule of 100. And, and he said that if, if his age and his date's age was 100 or more, she, she's too old. <laughs> which, I, which I think is funny. It's not how I would live my life, but I do think it's funny. And that's how we got canceled. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's wrap this up because we keep it tight these days. Um, uh, Episode 23, um, My Gift to Joe, uh, has been brought to you by Mrs. Winger Makes Masks, uh, the maker of fine designer face masks. Um, Just the sort of fashion statement you want to make in these trying times. Check out Mrs. Winger Makes Masks at Mrs. Winger, uh, Mrs. Winger's Masks dot square dot site. That's M-R-S-W-E-N-G-E-R-S-M-A-S-K-S dot square dot site, S-I-T-E. Um, or, or, or you can find it in the show notes. Or you can find it in the show notes. Nice. Though, yeah. Can you think? Yeah. That's fine. Um, uh, we, we, um, uh, this has uh, been Managing Expectations, a production of the Pacific Century Media Company. Uh, gentlemen, thank you very much for, uh, joining us uh brian thank you you're welcome it's great to be here and nice to be with you both jared thanks for coming on thank you no enjoyed it okay until uh until next time uh let's go to work let's Let's do it work and uh i don't know three two one. That was good. Stop recording. Stop recording. <laughs>